Welcome to the Career Confidence for Immigrants podcast. My name is Sonia Ortiz and I'm your host. If you're a newcomer to a country, this is not the show for you. But if you've been stable in a country for a while and you feel stuck with indecision, self-doubt and confusion about your career and you want to start feeling better in your day-to-day work life, then this is the show for you. Let's get started. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. So today's Tuesday and I'm feeling pretty relaxed and happy because my upper back and my neck feel so free of tension compared to last week. And that is because I went to see my osteopath on Sunday because I started training again and I felt that something was off in my upper back and neck. And not only did he fix my problem, like he usually does, and that is why I pay him, but we also had an awesome conversation on mindset, which you may find interesting. So he knows that I'm from Venezuela and he was telling me that he has many other patients from South America. And many of these patients express how excited they are about getting a session. But when the time comes to lay down and actually receive the treatment, which, by the way, it's very hands-on, in case you don't know what osteopathy is, their bodies get super, super tense, and some of them can never even let go of a certain position of like relaxing their head and things like that. So he was telling me that he hasn't noticed that same resistance in my body, which of course I I find fascinating because my anxious brain is always like, that is impossible. We're always resisting something. But I know deep inside that I, that is the case because I have purposefully trained both my mind and my body to be able to relax on purpose and to have my mind and my body to work together. And I actually explained to him my theory that many of us immigrants, at least speaking for myself, for myself, coming from Venezuela, we grow up with the idea, and sometimes, unfortunately, we even have direct experience that anyone and everyone could hurt you or backstab you or assault you. So it's no wonder that it's actually hard to trust another human being with our bodies, right? And of course, my theory is that most people have that programming of fear, even if they didn't have the direct experience, somewhere in their subconscious. But of course, you can work on it or heal it or change it or integrate it or however you want to call it, because no one teaches us the importance of exploring our own minds and emotions, right? So all this to say, my dear listener, that the moral of my story from my osteopath visit is that besides doing mindset work with your with your therapist, psychologist, with your life coach or whoever, always, always also take care of the body component as well, whether that is through exercise, movement practice, dancing, yoga, breath work whatever you like, but really, really make sure that you take care of the body as well. Okay. Working. Yeah. So you got the idea. Seriously, working both the mind and the body separately, it's great. But yes, the idea is to have these two aspects integrate and work together in unison, if you will. Okay. That was the story for today, the little um, story time. So today we're going to be talking about how to figure out what you want in your life and in your career. Yay. So this topic, it's really, really important 
specifically when it comes to career and business, because so many people, so many of us are like, but which job should I take? Should I change my path? What business should I start? What content should I create? What is my niche? What do I want to be known for? Like, what do I want to be an expert at? And so on, right? And understanding what you want, it's also important because when you believe that you don't know what you want, you most likely feel drained and confused. These open questions left unanswered inside your mind, the going back and forth between different scenarios, all of this splits your energy and your focus, and it's really kind of exhausting, right? So in today's episode, I want to give you four different methods to figure out this conundrum. And all of these approaches are valid depending on the season of your life that you're in, right? And if you have explored one method, but it hasn't worked for you, then test another one. And I do have one favorite method, and it's the last one, but I still didn't want to dismiss the other approaches because it's good to have options, you know? Not all brains are made equal. Okay, so without further ado, let's get into the four methods to figure out what you want in life and career, okay? So method number one is to look at your past. Now, this method is controversial. You may have heard people say, or even me say something like, if you look at your past, you will never create anything new in your future. And that is kind of a big paraphrasing. I don't even know if uh, what the original quote is, but you get the idea. And of course, if you kind of hate your past, which by the way, it's not something mysterious that comes from an unknown place, but it's simply the result of how you're choosing to think about your past, then of course, it makes sense that you don't want to recreate it. But here's the funny thing, and it's kind of side tangent on what happens when you hate your past, is that when you're so invested in resisting your past and how wrong it was, guess what you're most often thinking about? You guessed it, your past, you and your past. <laughs> so the very thing that you're trying to avoid is basically what you keep thinking about and creating because all of your focus is going there. So for example, let's say that you have... In your past, you had a very demanding, almost like a bully type of boss that made you feel like crap. Now, you're maybe years past that, but you still hold a bit of resentment against that experience. So you think that experience killed your confidence. It made you not trust yourself. And you see that experience and the boss as the cause of it. So your if your days are filled with these thoughts, and you don't recognize that these are optional thoughts, like all thoughts, then there is a big chance that you will become hypervigilant of any potential bully bosses that will make you feel like crap. So your brain will be constantly scanning for danger. You may choose to keep people at an arm's length because you can trust them. And in doing so, you will keep creating more situations when you do feel like crap and you feel kind of disconnected from your boss, from your team from whoever, because you aren't really allowing yourself to connect with anyone. So that was a bit of a side tangent, but I do wanted to clarify what is happening when you feel afraid or resentful or kind of hateful of your past. And when you don't explore the thoughts behind it, you may be subconsciously creating more of the same because of where your focus is at. Okay. So 
That being said, why on earth do I think that looking at your past then is any helpful or <laughs> in figuring out what you really want right now or in your future? Well, there's, there's two sides of this whole past, looking at your past equation. The first thing is that you can look at a recent past, a recent unwanted or negative past experience, like the bully boss example I just gave you, as a tool to guide you towards what you do want. In other words, you take that negative experience you had, you find its opposite, you think about the opposite, and that indicates you one potential direction of something that you do want. So in this example, so in this case, the experience of having had a bully boss made you clarify that what you do want is a more supportive or a more friendly or whatever boss, the opposite of being like respectful, the opposite of being a bully, right? Now, there is a second angle that I wanted to bring with this whole idea of looking at your past as a way to help you understand what you really want is that you can go a little bit deeper with this and you can even think about your childhood. Now, I know this is kind of deep, deep, but I hold this belief that those activities that you used to do when you were a kid hold some level of truth about what you want in life. Of course, this is just my theory, right? But, you know, before you had a fully developed ego and a cortex inside your brain that had a lot of things to say about you and other people and things... Um, that gives you a lot of information. It's, you know, connecting with that time where you were free and you didn't even know it, right? So for me, I know that as a kid, I used to love things like dancing, listening to music, and, you know, reading about history and philosophy. All of those things were very, very present when I was a child. I swear this is like me when I was like, nine years old, right? And I feel like the more I go deeper with my self-coaching and my healing, my mindset work and so on, I find myself going back to these aspects more and more clearly. So to recap, the method number one is about either taking a negative experience from your perhaps recent past, turning it into the opposite and taking that opposite as the direction or the thing that you actually want, or you can look at a further point in your past, like your childhood, and try to remember the things that you loved doing back then. And this can also give you a nice clue as to what are the things that you really enjoy and the things that you really want. Okay. Now, method number two on how to figure out what is it that you want to have in your career and your life is to simply look at what results you have in your life right now. Now, with this method, we simply play with the idea that what if you really want, what if what you really wanted is literally what you have right now? You know, the career, the house or the apartment, whatever, the partner or the lack of partner. What if this is exactly what you wanted? What if the only thing that's preventing you from enjoying what you do have right now is simply your thoughts? Maybe it's a self-judgment. Maybe it's the internalized beliefs fueled by the media and, you know, capitalism that tells you that you should always want something more, something more shiny, something new, something cooler, right? What if what you currently have is totally okay, right? 
think about it. Now, again, <laughs> this may be a controversial method because I already hear you. Someone may say, well, you know, what about someone who doesn't have a house? What about someone who doesn't, who lives in poverty? Should they just be okay with that? Isn't this just victim blaming, right? And I think that is a very interesting criticism, and I will definitely do another episode on how to think about mindset work and taking responsibility for our lives, for our thoughts, for our feelings in the context of societal issues, systemic racism, poverty, discrimination, patriarchy, and so many things that we can't control, right? But if what you really want is not at all what you have right now, whether that is by choice or by some systemic force or bad luck or whatever, that is totally okay too. So here are the other methods. They may be better suited. They may resonate more. So let's just continue. Now, method number three to figure out what you want is to <laughs> look at what you're envious of in other people. Now, this method, it's really simple. <laughs> Simply look around on Instagram or any other social media platform and see what kinds of content really pushes your buttons, right? Obviously, this isn't an exact science. There are simply ways for you to explore. But looking at what content triggers you, especially those feelings of envy, can sometimes point you in the direction of what you want. And by the way, this method isn't linear. It's not like you see Mary who's living a digital nomad lifestyle in Bali and you get really envious. So that means you must want to live in Bali and be a digital nomad. Perhaps that is your case. That's for you to figure out. But most of the time, it's not the actual object of the envy, the thing we want, but rather the feeling behind it. So for example, you may get triggered Add, you know, marry the digital nomad, not because it's really what you want to have. It's not like you want her life exactly, but rather it's what's behind that. It's the courage, it's the sense of adventure, it's the self-confidence, it's the self-belief. That may be what you're after. So with this method, notice what topics or people trigger these feelings of envy and explore the meanings of those things. What values or qualities did they have to cultivate to get where they're at, to, to get what they have? That is one question you can ask yourself. Once you have a list of those qualities, of those values, for example, things like courage, adventure, self-belief, then think about how you can create those same qualities in your own life, in your own circumstances, and so on. So however you want to bring those qualities to your life may not look like that other person's life, and that is totally okay. Now, finally, method number four to figure out what you want in life and career is simply to take action. And before we continue, I do wanted to remind you, because I forgot at the beginning, if you are enjoying the contents of this podcast, please, please, please share it with a friend and help me spread the word that would really mean the world to me. When you're sharing, you can tag me on Instagram at my handle. I am Sonia Ortiz. Instagram is where I hang out the most. And yes, thank you for your support. Okay, <laughs> method number four. <laughs> of course, this is my favorite method, taking action, because I really think this is what will lead you to having more 
truthful results, let's say. Yes, you can look at how other people live their lives, get envious a little bit, get inspired, however you want to call it. You can think of your childhood. You can look at the past, see what you like, what you dislike, so on. But ultimately, you will not have the information of what's true in the now or in the future unless you actually take the action. So if you've been trying to think or meditate or journal your way into change, but you aren't really satisfied with the results you're getting, chances are you need to take more action or a different kind of action. So for example, let's say that you want to take photography more seriously. Maybe you want to make it into your side hustle. You know, photography is something that you've enjoyed and practiced for a while. You know that if you don't use that artistic side of yourself, you will feel kind of empty. So if this is you, remember that it's not reading about photography or keeping your photography hobby in secret. That is not what will lead you to become a better photographer or to turn it into a side hustle. You will have to take overt and public action, which is very uncomfortable. And you may have to tell people what you're doing. Maybe you can offer to take their portraits. Maybe you can do a couple of portraits for free and then start charging and then you build up from there, right? This is the action taking we're talking about. This is how you figure out if photography is really your thing. It's by doing it and then reflecting on it and asking yourself, did I like it? Did I not like it? And so on. Now, <laughs> Of course, in this context, often the question will be, well, shouldn't I just leave my full-time job to per pursue my side hustle photography dream? And some people do this and it works really well for them. But I really think that thinking of dream careers and side hustles and passions in this way, it's it makes it into... Uh, kind of loose, loose thing. How can I say like, it makes it into this thing where you can have both, right? You either go all in or you're out. You dream big or you play small. You go big or go home. And I think this kind of binary thinking can actually be very harmful, especially for overachievers and perfectionists, aka most immigrants <laughs> that I know in my circles, because this all or none mentality only keeps perpetuating these extremes, right? Yes, for some people, going all in with a side hustle may will be their eventual result. It may be their their dream. But for most people, this conclusion is actually reached from taking small action, little by little, day after day, month after month, and so on. Not from changing your mind overnight drastically and trying to will yourself into getting there as soon as possible, right? Putting all that pressure on you. Remember, you can choose to think that you have enough time to build your dreams and work on your goals. You don't have to figure out everything out today or tomorrow. You're allowed to explore. You're allowed to make mistakes. You're allowed to reinvent yourself now or in five years or 10 years or 20 years or every couple of years. You will get to decide. So this is my message, my tools for this week, my friends. Hope you figure out what you want. You stop telling yourself that you don't know what you want to do. Figure out what you want and start taking action to test every one of your hypotheses. I think the best thing you can do for your life is to treat it 
as a science experiment. You have some ideas, you have some thoughts in your head, some hypotheses, but then you test the waters through taking action gradually, step by step. And this is how eventually you will get exactly where you need to go, exactly where you want to go. Okay, this is it. I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're interested in learning how coaching can help you navigate career changes and achieve a better work-life balance, then make sure you check out my website at soniaortiz.com. You'll have all the information on how we can work together. Talk to you soon.